0: Today, we're unveiling the number 21 team in the 24-7 Sports Summer Top 25, and it's a team that got a last-minute bump thanks to a commitment from a high-profile graduate transfer. It's June 5th, my name is Connor Tapp, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz. Many are predicting LSU to win as few as seven games in 2018. If that happens, it will be the Tigers' lowest win total since 1999, when they won three games in the final year before the dawn of the Nick Saban era. But are things really so dire in Baton Rouge? Shea Dixon of Go247 joins us now to preview the 2018 Tigers. Shay, we've got LSU at number 21 in our summer top 25. You were not given a ballot, but if you had been, is this about where you would have put the Tigers?
1: I'd say that's fair. Uh, Right now, I look at a number of reasons why um, LSU finished outside the top 25 last year. Um, They obviously lost to Troy. They got blown out by Mississippi State, and they rebounded well. Uh, After that Troy loss, they actually... Uh, finished out the season with only the loss to Alabama. It was a close game in Tuscaloosa, and then they got beat by Notre Dame. And and you lose some pieces. Geis, obviously, Dante Jackson and D.J. Chark were high draft picks. You lose a senior quarterback in Danny Etling, uh, and then guys like Arden Key and the like. So they have pieces to replace. But the one thing I do like, a third year of Dave Aranda's defensive coordinator, you know that they've always got some weapons at receiver, um, and they now, and obviously this sort of shakes up. I think Connor a lot of people's outlook on LSU is they have a new quarterback, and we'll see how good Joe Burrow can be if he is indeed the guy who wins out on the starting job. But uh, yeah, I think that between fifteen and twenty five is what most LSU fans think the start of the season will be, and and I think really more than anything, Connor, everybody, for me especially, I feel. Um, that you could put them wherever right now because with their schedule, if they win, they'll be the number one team in the country. If they don't, they won't be anywhere close to the top twenty-five. Because I was reading the other day, someone did a prediction. I believe it was maybe Athlon Connor who had the top twenty-five teams at the end of the season. Seven of them on the list for teams LSU plays this year. You know, Georgia, Alabama, and go on down the list. Open it with Miami. So uh, I think the schedule is their biggest hurdle. And and then finding maybe a way to to replace some of these pieces that they lost.
0: For so long with LSU, it feels like the National College Football Punditry has kind of looked at what the Tigers lost to the NFL and said, wow, that's a lot. But then they've looked at what they've had coming in and said, wow, that's a lot too. And even though I don't necessarily know who the names are going to be stepping up and contributing, I have confidence that LSU will keep being what I understand vaguely to be LSU. It feels like that, Sense of blind confidence from a national perspective has eroded a little bit. Uh, do you think that that's fair? And if so, how do you think it is that we got to this point?
1: Yeah, I do. That's a good observation. I don't think they're getting the sort of default credit they've normally gotten in the past. And I think it was sort of riding the end of the miles era, right? The offense never got better. Um, they filed, fired less miles and then they bring in Orgeron, who wasn't, you know, a marquee name. He was just the interim coach, the D line coach. And, um, you know, beyond Herman and Jimbo, it, it didn't appear that they had really vetted through or at least pushed hard for other guys. And, you know, Orgeron had his first full year last year. when you look at games like losing to Troy and losing on the road to Mississippi State by 30 or, or whatever it was, like they did, and, and then stumbling in the bowl game, I think a lot of people are still, pretty lukewarm on what Orgeron's future holds. Now, uh, I think that, like luckily, like I said, for LSU, they're going to be able to really prove, both Orgeron and the team, uh, silence a lot of these doubters, prove what they're worth, because in the first three weeks, I mean, shoot, open the season with Miami on a national stage on a Sunday when, no other games are going on in that slot. Everybody's gonna be watching and in week three they have the marquee game going to Auburn for the two thirty CBS slot where everybody will be watching. So very you know, in short order, very quickly in the season, I think we'll see what LSU's made of and, and if people were kind of sleeping on them in the off season or hey, look the the Vegas total of, you know, seven wins
0: or right around that, you know, over or under is pretty accurate. We mentioned Joe Burrow coming in from Ohio State. Now, what does he bring? Or I, I know we still have not seen much of Joe Burrow in live game action. I guess what is the hope that he will bring to the LSU offense that was not there before?
1: That's the word, right? Hope. <laughs> that, that's what LSU's living on right now. And I think he brings with him a wealth of, experience at a big-time program. Um, the last time LSU had a guy, you don't want to say fall on your lap, but kind of the situation play out was Zach Mettenberger. When he was dismissed from Georgia, he went to JUCO for a year, played for a national championship, and then signed with LSU. And obviously, a couple of years into his stay, he had a really big season with Jarvis Landry and Odell and and those guys. And this is probably the most able, um quarterback they've had since then. Um, you know, Etling was very much a game manager. He was a late draft pick, obviously, by the Patriots, but wasn't ever going to blow you away, but wasn't going to turn it over. He only had two picks last year, the same amount as Jalen Hurts. Both of them led the SEC in that. So I think with Burrow you're going to see them open up the offense a bit more. They've switched the offense from obviously Matt Canada's um offense that they installed last season which was you know kind of a lot of motion and shifting and and now jet sweeps and now they've gone to see vinsminger's offense which is very much a shotgun rpo three and four wide and and i think burrow will fit well with that and is seeing him in person he's down here now i mean he is all of six four 220 you know 218 220 so he's physically ready. And that was kind of a concern of, with Miles Brennan, for example, what many people feels the future of the program was only a 19, 18 year old rising sophomore who got some backup reps last year, but is still 195 pounds. You know, he's a guy that if he gets beat up this early into the career, you know, in his career, he could be out for a few games or or end up being out for a season, something like that, or rattle his confidence. I, I think Burrow gives you that guy who can take some licks in the SEC and also has the confidence to, um, hey, look, I've sat and learned behind some quarterbacks and under under Urban Meyer, and you know I know what I'm doing, and this is my time to shine, and I don't think they had that with any of their other quarterbacks on roster at the moment. So uh, I, I think that more than anything, he brings a, a level of hope and and really a good arm, and and I've said it all along many times. We've come to find out that Ohio State's backup, or third better than what everybody else has so lsu's gonna roll the dice and see how good he looks
0: you mentioned earlier that over under projection of seven wins for lsu put out by south point casino a few days ago I, I was a bit surprised to see that that hasn't jumped up a bit more from where it was after the borough news uh, what do you think is the over on lsu free money here or is seven wins about where they could be
1: you know, I think people's immediate reaction is that, oh man, this this certainly looks like a good bet. I mean, they, as we've talked about, they lost to teams like Troy and Mississippi State and Notre Dame last year, but they won nine games. But this year, I think it's a little bit trickier because the SEC West is strong, and having to play Alabama, having to you know their SEC two cross divisional opponents every year is Florida, and then a rotating game, and this year it's Georgia. So. You've got Florida, Georgia, all of the SEC West, including Bama and Auburn, uh, and then you open the season with Miami. So, just to you look at the schedule, there's no guarantee. You know, the guarantee wins you would think are are Rice and Southeastern and Louisiana Tech and. Then you get into the Arkansas and A&M's and, and Ole Misses and those are the games that LSU's going to really have to win uh, if they hope to to get above that seven threshold or the eight or nine wins, because uh, if not, then yeah, Vegas is dead on, because there are no gimmies in that stretch of a really powerhouse top 10 to 15 teams that certainly are uh, are holding a lot more hope for their season than LSU's got, and And are returning some pieces that are a little bit more experienced in LSU. So I've I've looked over the schedule time and time again, even after Burrow. And it's tough for me to say, hey, I feel really good about them winning eight games because I could easily see them, you know, splitting some games here and there and ending up with six or seven wins, which is very odd to say for an LSU program that hasn't, you know, been to that level in 12, 15 years. So, We'll see. I think that they'll probably eclipse that. I bet that they get to eight or nine wins just because they they showed motivation last year. The team was certainly down and out after losing at home to Troy. That's about as low as it gets for an LSU program right now. And they turned around and didn't fall apart. As I said, they won every game the rest of the way except for Alabama. And there were six games left on the schedule, I think, at that point. So I do think that it's a team that will... Still rally, you know. Even if they get beat up a time or two, they they won't let that affect them. So I do think that they eclipse it, but it's not going to be as easy as uh, as many might presume.
0: If LSU does indeed surpass that over under projection by say two or more wins, what do you think will have gone so right for them?
1: For starters, what we're presuming, what I'm presuming, is the defense is going to be good. And a crazy stat since. I believe it was two thousand nine. I was looking up to the other day. LSU hasn't ranked outside the top twenty-five nationally in defense in that stretch. And in two thousand nine, they were twenty-six. So they've always had a good defense. is the best D coordinator they've had in that stretch. I think they went from the number fifteen defense, to the number ten defense last year. Their defense this year is certainly a little bit better than what they had last year. So. You're looking at a defense that'll be a top ten defense. So that's going to keep them in a lot of games and and win them some games. And they went out and signed a really best kicker in the country, really on the on the you know JUCO undergrad, you know JUCO NC or Division two in JCA, all that. Uh, he won the Freddie Mitchell award last year and, and signed with LSU. So uh, I know it's a kicker, but in the SEC, that's big. We've seen teams like Auburn rely on their kicker and win a lot of games. And I think that's going to be- benefit LSU. But more than anything, something we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, Burrow is big, but they're going to have to find a way to replace the production of Darius Geis because they've ridden for so long these NFL backs of Jeremy Hill and Alfred Blue and, um, Michael Ford and Kenny Hilliard and then obviously into this run of Fournette and Geis and Daryl Williams to where now they don't have anybody back that's had any sort of real production and and no guys like that that are sort of waiting in the wings to be the next star so I think if they do eclipse that they found themselves a really good running back who's able to or a committee of running backs who are able to really not let that slip and not be forced to rely on Burrow's arm the entire time. Um, I kind of think that's the key. I know they'll play good defense. They'll be better on special teams with a new kicker. And I really, obviously, the quarterback spot, I think they'll be just as good as with Elling, if not better with Burrow. I just feel like it's going to come down to can they find any sort of semblance of a run game um, that's anything close to with the normal production they've had with all these NFL-type backs.
0: Whether it's injury or inexperience that's kept them from the spotlight, are there any players that you've kind of got your eye on as potential breakout candidates for LSU this year?
1: They have a really good crop of guys from a year ago that played some that I think this year will really be kind of in the spotlight. Um, Caleb on chase on one at outside linebacker with Key gone. He was a former five-star nearly cracked the top 10 players in the country on 24, seven sports. It'll be his time to really shine as an outside linebacker as a sophomore. Uh, I love Grant Delpit at safety. He started some as a freshman last year, but got hurt a couple of different times, but still was it was very clear that he was the guy back there and and having him healthy will be big. Um, And then I look on the defensive line and, It's not. They've got a guy named Glenn Logan who will be a backup. They've got Braden Fajoco who's coming off of having to sit out after playing two years at Texas Tech, Uh, and then they have uh, Ed Alexander, their starting defensive tackle, who was banged up and probably missed three or four games last year. And they were so thin on the D line that um, that's what happened to him at Mississippi State. The state just kept pounding them and. Uh, They ended up having, I think they had four or five D-linemen injured that game. And all three guys that played in the 3-4 had to play every single snap. And and by the end of it, they were just gassed. And that won't be an issue for them this year because some of these younger D-linemen who, whether it was injury or or just weren't, you know, were freshmen last year and weren't ready, uh, they'll be ready this year. So I think that that will be, defensively, we'll see a lot of guys that fans didn't know before sort of step into the spotlight and much like i would say devin white and greedy williams did a year ago you know weren't household names before then but by season end, everybody in the conference knew exactly who they were and now they're kind of lining themselves up to be all sec type players
0: shay dixon covers recruiting in the lsu beat for 24 7 sports and go 24 7 you can find him on twitter at shay dixon thanks shay absolutely thanks connor The Morning Blitz is a daily podcast that gives you all the college football news you need in a tidy 10 to 15 minute package. For each installment of the Summer Top 25, there is a companion article over on 247sports.com with additional commentary and analysis that you did not get on the podcast. Tomorrow, we're on to the number 20 Texas Longhorns. Thanks to Brad Crawford, Austin Nivison, Chance Linton, Jordan James, and Sam Hellman for their help producing the podcast while I'm technically supposed to be on vacation.